Hi, this is Pastor Brittany Isaac from Urban Village Church, Chicago. We are a church that is bold, inclusive, and relevant. I know that many of you out there are hungry for a gospel message of healing and wholeness, a message that leads to a life transformed by Christ. I hope that this podcast does just that. And if it does, would you please consider making a financial gift that will support this gospel-inclusive ministry? You can do that by going to urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks so much and have a blessed day. Today's reading is from Acts 2, 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The word of God for the people of God. Hey, y'all. How you doing? I am Dandy. Yesterday, I planted my garden, so I'm super happy. Uh, My name is Brittany. I'm the pastor here, and I don't know. I'm just filling in random information while I move stuff around, so (laughs) now you know I have a garden. Uh, Let us start off in prayer. Holy and gracious God, for the gift of this day, for the sunshine, God, thank you. For the cool breeze, thank you. For the fellowship and community of people that are gathered in this space, thank you. May our hearts be warmed. May our ears tingle. May our bodies be invigorated by your word. Amen. So, when Monica and I first moved to the city, Uh, We were hopeful about finding a place where we could meet people that shared our common values and ideas and vision about the world, right? We um, wanted to find people who, like us, had been on this wild ride uh, because of the gospel, right? Who, Who understood that life does not make logical sense when you're talking about living a life of the gospel. We wanted to find people, our people, who in the midst of our ups and downs of life would, would be there for us. Right? And so we, after we had settled into the city for a bit, we decided to go church shopping. I say church shopping because it kind of feels like that, right? You, like, you start visiting churches and, and you decide which one you want and what looks good and you kind of have a list, and, right? Or maybe it was just me. Um, and so uh, every Sunday we would go. Now, I have to just have a caveat and say, if you are church shopping right now, it is exhausting, right? It is exhausting because unlike if you're trying to find a new outfit or something, you can be like, okay, I'm going to take five hours and I'm just going to go to these ten stores and find something, right? But with a church, they all meet at the same time. So you can't, you can't say like, oh, I'm going to take this Sunday and check out five churches and see what we come up with, right? They all meet at the same time. And uh, then there's like, 
this idea that you really can't get to know a community unless you spend a couple Sundays there, and so that's hard. And so it's just like a lot of time, right? It's a lot of time. And we were doing it um, back in 2004, so many churches didn't realize that the internet existed. And you know, like you do your preliminary research and you, you try to see like, oh, it, does this seem like a church? And many of the churches that we were interested in didn't have websites and we were like, okay, we're not interested, clearly. Um, so it was just hard, it was hard. Um, so we're hunting for the church and, and we would go Sunday after Sunday to a church and usually we would end up being like, okay, that was nice, but no. No, because there were only 10 people there. No, because the music sounded like a funeral dirge instead of like uplifting. No, because the only people in the room were over the age of 80. Right? You, I mean, have you all been there? It's hard. It's hard. No, because the theology, like, so then, or it's vibrant and exciting, but the theology is condemning and not welcoming, right? We struggled. And then one Sunday, we settled into this place, and y'all, the music was vibrant, and people were actually singing. And you know what? The age range was diverse. There were old people and young people, and it felt, it wasn't huge. It was actually kind of like this room today. It's not a huge group of people, but it felt, well, I hope, I don't know, I'm not a first-time guest. It felt full. It felt like something was going on, right? It felt like there was community there. And so we left that Sunday really excited. And the next Sunday we said, ah, yeah, I think we'll go back. And we went, and it, it felt good again, two times in a row, right? So the next Sunday we went back, and then, we, and, and then I began to rethink, this could be our place. This could be our church. And so I remember this was a, a, a traditional church, and so you had to go past the altar, like if you can imagine, there were two doors like this, and it was on that other side of the room that was the gallery where the fellowship happened, like coffee and the cakes. So I remember after that third week thinking, let's go, let's see if we can talk to people. They seem so nice and there's connections. And I can remember uh, standing there in this gallery full of food and drinks and voices of people connecting and talking so close together. And I could see that this was a community of deep friendships. And I was super excited about that. But also in the midst of that, I felt extremely lonely. Like, I want what they have. And I didn't know how to break in. And y'all, I'm a like 10 out of 10 on the extroversion scale. But I didn't know how to break in. It felt overwhelming. Because everybody seemed so close and connected. And so I remember just sort of standing there, Monica and I sort of standing there and talking and, and trying to make eye contact but not seem weird. Right? You've been there. You might be there today and hoping and praying that someone would notice us. And soon enough, someone did come over and he introduced himself, and thus began a six-year relationship with a vibrant little church down in Lakeview. A church that resulted in some of our closest friends that we have in the city. 
This church met together to worship, to have meals. Guys, the, the chili cook-off and the pie bake-off contest were so fun. And this church met together to do community together, life together, right? It was an awesome place to be, and I am so thankful for that stranger that first introduced himself. I've heard people often ask, like, what is the purpose of a church, right? I am in a running club, and it's good people. Why do I need a church? What makes a difference, right? What is different than, like, the friends that I just hang out with? Those are great forms of fellowship and joy, and maybe that is church in a way. I'm going to tell you what church is, and then you can decide, right? There are two words that I want you to pay attention to in this particular scripture passage. Would you mind bringing up, um, verse 42 is what we're looking at in particular, but all of it's great there. Um, The first word is, uh, I'm going to butcher it because I do not speak Greek natively, but it's proskatereo, and it is the word devoted, okay? Proskatereo. It means steadfastness. It means a sense of devotedness. It's, it's about an unremitting care to a thing. It's a strong, strong bond, right? Devoted. Proskaterio, if I can say it again. And then the second word um, that I want you to see in verse 42 is the word fellowship. The Greek is koinonia which is about common life and community together. Koinonia, it's about intimacy and fellowship. When I was studying this word, one of the definitions even says it's intercourse. And then in parentheses, it said social. <laughs> but, do you get, but do you get the sense of intimacy that we're talking about? Intimacy. So, proskatereo koinonia, a devoted fellowship. They are devoted to the teachings of Jesus Christ, of resurrection life, of the gospel that changes everything. And it is in that devotedness that we find this fellowship, right? Devoted to the teachings and to fellowship. You get that? They were steadfast to the apostles' teaching and to sharing intimacy with one another, deeply and truly knowing each other. They were committed to the resurrection life together, sharing meals and prayer. The new followers of Jesus were building a community that was a mutual mutual commitment and a common purpose. They shared the reality of a life experience that was anticipating this gospel hope, not only for right then, but for a future. And that's what they were bound together for. It's not something they accidentally fell into, right? It's a really deliberate engagement with people. See, the ancient church understood itself as a partnership. It was a partnership not just with the people gathered, but with the people gathered in the Spirit of God. Right? That there was a bond that that held the folks together that was stronger than just the intimacy that we can achieve on our own. A proskaterio koinonia, a steadfast, devoted, intimate community bound by the Spirit of God. 
we are bound together in our common, Heather said it in her testimony, thank you, I, why did I think you were over here? Um, we are bound together in our identity as children of God, as beloved children of God, right? So it's not a love of knitting, it's not a love of running, it's not a love of, I don't know, brunching. It's being bound together by our identity as children of God. It's the love of God that has been poured into each of our hearts by the Holy Spirit, right? That's what Romans 5.5 5 tells us. And so as people of faith, we gather together on Sunday mornings, we gather together in small groups, we gather together in service to the community, knowing that the Spirit of God will unite us, not unite us in political ideology or any of that, but unite us by the Spirit of God, right? That we are, and, and will transform us, both corporately as this body of Christ and individually, right? And so then this community that we are building here, it becomes the community that supports us when we're going through a really hard time, that's there and can say, that sucks, or yeah, me too. It's the community that celebrates with us when life is so good. It's the community that we first want to share the news with. And it becomes the community that when we mess up, we'll hold our hands and say, I know, I hear you, and I know you can do better. This is a gospel community. This is church. And so each Sunday, you hear it in different ways, but each Sunday you hear somebody give testimony that says, because of the Spirit of God in my life, because of the community gathered together, I have changed. Right? I am different. I see the world differently. Not changed in a bad way, too. Not changed like you have to accept your divorce status or something. or uh, You have to change into this mold, but like, I am more free and more whole and more authentic to who God made me to be, right? So I'm going to acknowledge that, well, first of all, I want to say, this all begins, what did we celebrate last week? A baptism, right? And so this all begins in our baptismal covenant. It begins when the community gathers and continues to support those who have been baptized and and welcome those in who have not been baptized and, and talk about a difference that the gospel life makes, right? It all begins in our baptism, and it grows out as we continue to focus on the teachings and practices of Jesus, right? As we share meals together, as we be fellowship together. This is church, right? But here's the deal, y'all. We live in the 21st century and not the 1st century, and it is super hard to get proscoterio koinonia. It is super hard to find that in a city, Right? Some of us um, are in a space where we're lifelong Chicagoans and we have this network and community of people and we know everybody and life is good and we and it's easier than to try to find that proscoterio koinonia, right? Because everything else in our life is more stable. Some of us are uh, new to Chicago. We have new workmates, new um, uh, neighbors, new, like we're trying to find a church and it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. 
And some of us maybe are in transitions, like maybe we're out of college, maybe we're, we've transitioned to a different job, and so we're trying, like there's shifts in our life and things aren't as they used to be, and so we're looking, we're looking for new community, new faith people, right? We all come with all of these things that just, they just didn't happen in the first century, right? People were far more stable in their community and, and folks knew one another, right? Think small town, even in a big city, right? And so it is easy, it is so easy to come into this space feeling lonely and isolated, especially when you see everybody visiting with one another, right? Especially when you see people catching up and talking and hugs happening and you're like, I want what they have. That's, uh, you know, so we're in this sermon series, we're ending it today, it's called FaceTime. What is it called, FaceTime? Oh, oh. Overcoming loneliness and together. together. Overcoming loneliness together. I thought it was build community or something. Okay. FaceTime, overcoming loneliness together, right? And so today we're talking about what does it mean to be a community and how do we, how do we overcome this loneliness? How do we build the community so that we, have, so that we are tight relationships where people know each other so well and yet be a space that has porous boundaries so new folks can continue to come in? That's super hard. Super hard. So I'm going to push you guys out of your comfort zone for a minute. Actually, five to seven minutes. Um, I want you to find somebody. If you're super freaked out by this, just find somebody you know. But I want you to find somebody that you maybe have caught glimpses of across the room. Maybe somebody that's brand new. Maybe somebody that you thought, I've I had a, like a, you know, a really nice exchange with them over the water can, and now I'd like to just get to know them a little bit better. And so we're going to break up in groups of two or three or whatever you're comfortable with, and I'm going to have you guys ask some questions. Does that sound okay? Yeah. All right. Because you know what? We have to overcome our loneliness together. Together. So break up, and then I'm going to give you the questions. And they're good. They're, they're not, don't worry, it's not awful. And then have a seat. And then have a seat back down. Okay, go ahead and sit down. Forced mingling. Can I get the sound back up for a minute? Go ahead and have a seat back down. Because it's going to be five to seven minutes, you don't, get a, you don't get a stand. So here are the questions, and these questions can be a jumping off point, so don't worry, uh, they're a jumping off point, but if you can put them up. Um, so name and neighborhood, that's kind of a given. Um, you don't have to say favorites, because favorites get hard, like it's hard, but like what is your most listened to Prince song, in homage to Prince? And... Um, a childhood experience that shaped your current values. And I think we have one more. Maybe we could somehow make it so they're all up. There we go. And what do you think it means to be the church? Yes. Is that good? Okay, so five to seven. You, does this feel okay? Does this feel doable? Okay. Go. 
I'm curious as to what, if anybody wants to offer um, just a quick, a few words back, of if anybody wants to offer um, some thoughts to, did you guys make it to the last question? What does it mean to be the church? It's okay if you didn't, but I'm just curious as to what you think. Because part of that's what does it mean to be part of this church and what, would, what do we want this church to be doing? Did anybody have some thoughts? Yeah, so being part of the church is to come from a place of love and talking to others and help build the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. So listening so that you can really get to know someone instead of just seeing them and waving. Mm-hmm. Yeah? You're stealing that last bit of, you, it's, it's like you read the scripture passage and you're just, so he said, um, it's not just Sunday, the emphasis that we talk about with small groups is so important and also beyond small groups, outreach into the community, yeah. He's been here for a while, he knows, you, you know, yeah. So Kelly said was, they were talking about how long it took to find a church and, and to come to this church, and that sometimes the, um, when you come into a place like this, there's healing that has to happen um, from places out in the world and, and also from other churches. Yeah. And how much it sucks when somebody has to move from the church. Yeah. Did everybody hear that, or do I need to repeat it? Okay, yeah, amen. Yeah, yeah y'all, do I need to, need to even say anything else? I mean, <laughs> y'all did it for me. Douglas, Douglas, come up here and give... Yeah, I know. So, friends, I, I do think that part of being the church is being called together to eat meals, like the scripture says. And, you know, if you want to organize a potluck... Or a chili cook-off, or a pie bake. Anybody interested? We can make that happen, right? Um, to worship together, right? Like, 
there's so much going on, and yet how good it is to gather together with a group of people to praise God, right? And to be the community for one another. I, Alan, since Alan mentioned your hospitalization, if I can just say, it was fascinating for me. So here's the deal. I think that we will be a church that is large enough that I can't be that person for every person, right? And nor should I be. That'd be weird. Um, but we are those people for everybody, right? And so Heather was in the hospital, and I watched this from afar. Her small group, man, did you get exhausted by your guests? There were quite a few. There were quite, and, and all caring for her, reaching out, wanting, like, that is the church, y'all. Yeah, it was, it was awesome to witness, to see the community of people gathered together in proskaterio koinonia, steadfast fellowship, when something awful happened. Right? Praise God. And you know what? Douglas is right. We push small groups a lot. If you're not in a small group, it's okay. But the kind of, and, I, and we do these things, right, like where we talk in groups every once in a while and it's good and you get to know one person, but the way that you build community together, it isn't by pouring water and having a quick exchange over the water hole. It's by meeting with people regularly in some sort of process, you know. Um, it doesn't have to be the traditional small group of every, every week. We've got the Black Lives Matter book club that's going to be every week to begin with, but once a month. It, um, Church Without Walls, um, community that meets and talks and, and visions. Like it's, but what you need is people that are in your life on a regular basis that can ask, how are you? How is it with your soul? How does your soul prosper? Right? We need that. So if you're not part of a small group, I, I will say, you know, we're in the middle of starting point. Uh, it meets after the second service. Uh, we're in week three, but y'all are welcome anytime, right? Uh, it's a six-week small group, and it, it um, one of the best things that happens out of it is the small groups launch, right? And people start doing life together. And I'm looking around at some of the people that have been in starting point and now are part of a small group, a life group, right? Does it make a difference? Raise your hand if it's made a difference in your life. This thing, this fellowship, this devotedness, it doesn't happen overnight, right? Overcoming loneliness and making friends, finding that proskaterio koinonia, it takes time. It takes time. And that's so hard. We are, we are people of inst- instantaneous satisfaction, right? We want immediacy. I ordered trees. We're going to have some trees planted. And I want them right now. Right? I want, they're going to be three to four feet. I want them to be ten feet tomorrow. We planted our peas last night. I wanted to wake up and see them growing up the teepees. Right? No. But that's what we want, right? We, we, we want these instantaneous deep connections, and it takes time. Takes time, so I invite you to take a step today. Maybe your step is the person or people that you connected with. You follow up and you grab coffee. 
maybe your step is you come back for starting point at 12.45. Maybe your step is that you just show up here next week, that you're brave enough to come back, right? You are not alone. You're not alone. Come be part of this living, messy organism called church. Come be part of this community that tries to live fully into the gospel life through steadfast, devoted relationships with one another. Come be part of this resurrection life.